Welcome into episode seven of the Creed of Crypto podcast, where we provide immersive, essential, and evergreen strategies for the novice cryptocurrency investor. How are you doing? I am one half of your host, ETH Moon. I've got Crypto Ewok with me as well. Just a quick reminder to follow the show on Twitter. We are at Creed of Crypto. And also, uh, leave us a rating and review, if you do, please, on Apple Podcasts. We have a lot to talk about. We've been away for, I can't remember if it's been three, I guess three weeks or four weeks now. And it kind of made sense to a degree because the market's just kind of not really known what it's going to be doing, chopping sideways, which, you know, a lot of times uh, people are more frustrated with these days, it seems like, than it just going down. <laughs> But uh, yeah, just um, we, we're recording this Sunday night, December the 5th, and we had a pretty big mega dip that uh, kind of caught a lot of people off guard. I think it was Friday into Saturday morning over the weekend here, and Bitcoin currently sitting right around 49,000 Ewok. How are you first off, and uh, were you thrown off by this uh, kind of crazy dip to the already dip that we had this weekend i'm doing good i got my life jacket on um excellent i wasn't you know listen when you're doing this stuff for as many years as uh, as i've been in you see all kind of crazy things um surprised yeah not too surprised i was a bit taken off guard by it that sizable of a dip um, but nothing should really ever surprise you anymore. That is the truth. Yeah. yeah, this this market's really been crazy. And like a lot of the, uh, we were talking a little bit off air before the beginning here, and a, a lot of the, what I consider like credible people that I follow, whether it be on, you know, Twitter or just channels on YouTube and stuff. Um, I catch a lot of like, I've talked about, about Bob Lucas on here a lot and his 60 day cycles that I follow on Twitter as well as uh, I just see stuff from Will Clemente every now and then, and just di different people that I, I respect their opinion. And uh, yeah, I mean, like for a long time, as far as the overall market and looking at Bitcoin in particular, you know, people have been calling, speculating, whatever you want to say, for a six-figure BTC uh, by the end of this year. That looks relatively doubtful right now, although, you know, this market can do crazy things. Um, but the impression seems to be, again, for, for the most of the people that, that I am following, I don't know if I'm following the right or wrong ones. I'm just a <laughs> guy looking for advice, but, uh, um, they still feel like the, the sentiment is there for this bull market that we've been in to still continue. And that things may kind of just be delayed after this massive dump and, uh, you know, kind of maybe go further into 2022, um, I know originally, like our first couple episodes of this podcast back in whenever that was, I guess September-ish, um, mm -hmm. I know you you were kind of a in a bear mentality or thought that, you know, maybe the 64,000 earlier in the summer was the top. We have hit, we have beat that twice now in November. Um, but yeah, I mean, does this kind of, where does this leave you now? Where, where are your thoughts kind of on the market as a whole? No, I definitely don't think we're going to hit six figures. Um, it would take so much velocity and so much uh, buying power to get there. You've already got a lot of the, the VCs in. You've got big heavy hitters in. Uh, I, I don't know where the, 
the price pressure would come from to get to that number. I really don't see it. Do you mean now, so what I was saying was people originally calling for that by the end of the year. I mean, I, I think, I don't know how many people really believe that now. And really, it's arbitrary anyway. I mean, there's no point to really say that specific thing or predict that. It's more about the overall trend that we're in in the market. So do you mean... Uh, do you mean I think like, it could go yeah. further down. I think it's going to go further down. Okay. I, I yeah. I see a I see a significant pullback. People are losing. You know, when 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 sentiment changes like that, you you get a lot of people that get very emotional. Um, you know, they don't do things by the book. They use their emotions to make decisions, and uh, the world is full of bad decisions, as we know, and and it can kind of spiral it, it creates a snowball effect you get some big people taking profit toward the end of the year you get uh a couple red candles and the the sentiment really can change and then it can just snowball i i you know i, I think it's it could retrace just a little bit but again i don't think there's enough buying pressure to keep it moving on the up uptick i, I just don't see it Okay, so we've got Ewok as the bear of the show. I guess you'd call me the bull of the show, um, even though I'm not necessarily a always uh, positive guy, more realistic, I guess you would say. But uh, I, I do feel like just based on a lot of the analysis that I've seen by people that are way smarter than me, I, I do feel like we will be continuing the bull market. I don't think it's going to look obviously quite like people have been originally drawing it up. But again, though, I do think... I mean, what do you think about this that I just mentioned a minute ago? Um, and I know a lot of people like to dig in and give predictions and like, I'll delete this tweet if blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, what do you think about just these arbitrary numbers and this, you know, Bitcoin will hit this number by this date and stuff like that? I mean, it really doesn't, it, it really kind of seems pointless to even say things like that. And to me, it seems more important that like, what is the sentiment of the market and where does it look like based on like on-chain analysis and stuff like that? We actually are. I mean, I think it's, I know like you kind of like to hear specifics as far as price predictions and stuff, but I think trends and ranges are more important than calling numbers like that. Do you think that stuff is largely just kind of clickbait or what, what do you think about those kind of calls? <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of clickbait. It's a lot of, um, you know, a lot of times you have to watch what, people are doing rather than what people are saying mm -hmm. um a lot of times they're throwing those numbers out there they're magic numbers to pump the bag of whatever it is they're holding um and it you know it it, it goes across the board for everybody i'm gonna say still say that i'm pretty bullish on hex because of what it's done in the last downtrend of bitcoin um it went up um so I, I just, like I said, be careful of what people say, try to follow what they do uh, or see what they're doing, uh, and you'll get a better picture of what's going to happen. I think that's definitely what to, <clears throat> excuse me, what to look out for. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, you can really tell, and we've had this discussion on here before, but you can really tell the channels um, or people that you're following or whatever that are really out there just to kind of shill something and be a personality and make money by, you know, their YouTube channel or whatever versus what it is they really are doing. So 
we can't necessarily mm-hmm. train you on that. And, you know, even we may not always be right when we're making those calls, but you, you've got to have the wherewithal to kind of trust yourself and know where to go for that kind of advice. And that's what's so crazy about this market and why so many people in the old school, um, you know, money system laugh at crypto um, because they don't have any understanding of it, even remotely, usually. But um, I think that they they see like the price swings and think that people are just playing around with play money and stuff like that and that they are actually doing the right thing. And let, let's break that down real quick for a minute, too, because even though we're seeing this massive volatility in the market right now to the to the downswing, um, we know that it's literally a guarantee uh, beyond the shadow of a doubt that if, if you're in the United States and holding cash anywhere in a honestly, even if you have it in the stock market, you could have it in the S&P 500. And you're probably just burning money. You're you're likely not actually earning anything because of the rate of inflation right now. And if you have it in a in a quote unquote high yield savings account, you're definitely losing money. I mean, there's no yep. no debate about that. So talk about. Um, I saw Michael Saylor the other day on with Tucker Carlson. Did you see this? It was like an hour and a half long interview. Did you happen to catch this? I did not. I okay. did not fill me in on what it was. Well, because- it was honestly, it was interesting. And I actually think Sailor did a pretty good job because he he really was talking about inflation the entire hour and a half, it seemed. I mean, like that's mostly what he was focusing on and why pivoting to a store of value like Bitcoin. And obviously he's talking very surface level about crypto on a, on a show like that. Um, sure. But and he's know, also a very big bag holder of Bitcoin. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's one of he's one of the top top 10 holders probably in the world. Right. So, yeah, he was really talking about it um, in the face of inflation. But talk a little bit about that. I mean, for the average person, and I guess we'll just say American in this sense, since that's kind of where we are, what we're talking about, um, that has that massive hesitancy to even get into something like crypto. And I mean, do you think the average person is really aware of what inflation is, how bad it is right now, and what it's typically like, you know, as we move into the future? Do you think they really have a grasp on that or where to put their money or anything? No, I don't think the majority of the population understands what's going on. They see the prices of everything going up, but they don't re- realize that it's all related to the over stimulation of money being injected into our into our markets um the bank printing trillions of dollars uh bailing out these big companies it's it's a vicious cycle that is causing our dollar to have less spending power that's why the prices are going up it's not that things are getting more expensive to make um now there is supply and demand issues, obviously, but I think that can be also being controlled by somebody. Mm-hmm. I don't know who or, or what's affecting it. Um, but, uh, you know, as we both know in the logistics world, it's, it's gotten kind of crazy lately. Mm-hmm. Um, things have slowed down. The ability to, to get things quickly is, is, is not happening. Um, that increases the, the demand against the supply um, but for the most part, we're losing spending power on our dollar. 
And that's why we're seeing these ever increasing prices of everything just going up. And I think because of the fact that, you know, if you think about the way the average person might save money, and let's face it, the average person in America doesn't. They just don't. <laughs> they don't have enough money to cover like a $500 emergency or something like that. Um, right. But, you know, the average and, person. And I wanted okay. to mention, too, sorry, I forgot one thing. You know, your average 3 to 5% raise every year at work isn't even beating the rate of inflation. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're losing there, too. <laughs> Not only in your savings accounts, but in, in your in, in your normal nine to five job, you're if you're not making a seven, eight percent um, raise every year, you're losing out to inflation there on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's another factor as well. And I think the average person who maybe is saving, you know, all they do. And, and honestly, I used to be in the, the world of old school finance and believe everything I was seeing as well until you really like look at some more some more analysis and take inflation into effect. But I think people just kind of save their money, whether again, that just be sitting in a checking account under their pillow um, in a high yield savings actually in the stock market. And they see, okay, here's the dollars I put in. Oh, look at that. There's my rate of return. Oh, okay. I'm up 9% or whatever it might be. Um, They don't understand the actual adjusted percentage of that against inflation and what that money is actually able to get you now. It's obviously like the hidden tax, the hidden money that you're actually losing. And I don't think anybody really does understand that concept. I know we're talking kind of real casual stuff here that kind of an advanced investor would would know, but most people don't understand any of that. And that's why undoubtedly, regardless of what your impression is about where this market right now in 2021 going into 2022 is going, this is the future of money. That's one thing that you and I both agree on. And um, whether that means uh, you know, we get to the Citadel now or uh, eight <laughs> years down the road or whatever it may be. Um, we believe that, that this is the future of money and uh, and it just makes so much sense. I mean, for, for things to go this way. So um, what do you think about, you know, and again, we've talked about like where we think the market may go. I don't know if it's going to go to where a lot of people think it will and we will see six figure Bitcoin next year and beyond. Or if it would pull back for and go into like a mini bear or something like that. But do you, what do you think as far as like the average American seeing all this inflation that we've had over the last year and a half here? Do you see upticks and maybe you can even use like your own personal examples or people you know um, that know you're deeply into the crypto world, maybe like asking you for advice and stuff? Do you see more average Americans onboarding into this? Um, and how do you think that would change based on where the market goes? Like if it gets crazy bullish next year, um, do you think we'll see more and more people wanting to get in? I, I just, I'm just wondering how much they even understand the idea of inflation and if they would go into something like crypto, because it's not like gold prices have been doing anything insane either. Um I just know gold's down, right? <laughs> gold's yeah, way down, exactly. Um, much to Peter Schiff's chagrin, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I don't. So, what do you think? Do you think more people will understand it and get into this, whether it's just as basic as buying like BTC and ETH, or what do you think happens? Well, so I think, I think the 
onboarding is definitely happening into crypto. People may not understand why, uh, but I know a lot of the younger generation is is getting on board with it. You know, you're starting to see advertisements now. Uh, who is it? Crypto.com just bought yes. one of the stadiums. The Lakers. Um, yeah. The, call, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think um, I think there was another one that has their name on it too. But either way, um, I, I think you're going to see a, a lot more slowly getting in, maybe for the wrong reasons, maybe because Elon tweeted about Doge or <laughs> Shiba Inu or something stupid like that because they saw a, a meme coin. Um, doesn't really matter. Uh, what I do fear is that they pump their life savings into one of these trash projects mm-hmm. um, and, and get wrecked because that means they don't have any money to spend on good products, <laughs> on, on good things, the things they should be getting into, uh, the more stable um, Bitcoin, Ethereum. Um, I still think Hex ranks right up there because of what it is. It's the finished product that you know we've been kind of waiting for in my eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think... I think there will be a gradual increase. I don't know that you're going to convince a lot of these uh, boomers right. to get in only because, you know, you still hear Warren Buffett refer to it as rat poison. So, you <laughs> so know, a funny. lot of those guys, a, a lot of those people that follow him um, are in that boat. So I, I, don't, I don't see the older generation um, embracing it too much. Right. But... I could be I could be proven wrong. You know, those are the guys, though, that seem to get the inflation thing um, a little bit better and, and sometimes can understand what's happening. You know, they they've have more experience with markets, uh, market cycles, things like that. So, you know, it, it's it's going to take time. It really is. <laughs> and, and Bitcoin's what? 12, is it 12 years old? I think. Yeah. 12, 13 years old, almost something like that. Um, we've come a long way and honestly, anybody that's been in crypto for more than three years, if you've held your coins, you're in profit. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the major ones, some of these projects are no longer around, so I shouldn't say everybody. Um, but if if you did the right thing and listened to, uh, the right people, you know, holding an asset like one of the top, top three or four um ha- has yielded you profit over time and a much better profit than if you had held it in your savings account yeah undoubtedly you know you just touched on like warren buffett and like his partner charlie munger and it's so if, first of all like i don't even know where you get like, like where does rat poison come from like i just don't know where <laughs> that's the uh the name you come up for for it but what do you think makes the difference and, and maybe maybe this is a dumb question because the other guy i'm going to mention here has kind of always been eccentric and has done things in a different way maybe it's just backgrounds but like what do you think separates and actually now that i think of it uh warren buffett's almost i would say much older than this guy uh, which shows you how old Warren Buffett is. But what do you think makes the difference between a guy like Buffett and Robert Kiyosaki, who is widely open to crypto with open arms um, and mm-hmm. a lot of different vehicles? You know, what I like about Kiyosaki is, you know, whether you like him or hate him or think he's a charlatan or this or that, I don't think he is. I think he, I, I, I think that he is a guy who will not turn away 
any investment opportunity that looks legitimate to him to make him money. You know, I mean, I think he's yeah open-minded. And sure. you don't see that from these other guys. Now, you might say, um, like, look at their age. I mean, yeah, Warren Buffett's like, I think, 90-ish now, but Kiyosaki's yeah. 70s. So he's in I, his 80s. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, but, yeah. he's in his late 70s, I believe. Um, or, I'm sorry, Warren Buffett's probably in his 80s. I okay. think I think Kiyosaki's in his uh, late 60s, maybe. Uh, some interesting news on that front. He has been meeting uh, with some of the Hex team uh, in the in Kiyosaki. the shadows. Yep. yep. <laughs> no, not Warren Buffett. So, I, I should have known. <laughs> no. So, but here to answer your question, I think here's what happened between the two personalities. Um, Warren Buffett missed out. Kiyosaki didn't, mm-hmm. and I think that's why Buffett isn't pushing it because he never got in. Right. Um, and, and again, it goes back to our. <laughs> listen to who or or be careful who you listen to because most likely they're pumping their own bags Mm -hmm. so it it goes back to that and buffett's not going to push something that he never invested in right you know yeah yeah no doubt about it and not only that but i mean look at like you say pumping your own bags i mean he owns berkshire hathaway you know i mean he's obviously with an investment firm and stuff like that he's going to worry about um, people investing kind of in the classic way. Um, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Whereas Kiyosaki, I mean, he's always kind of been, I don't know if this is what your impression is, but I mean, to me, he seems kind of like, a, and I'm hesitant. I don't mean get rich quick by when I say this, but he, he's like, what's the quickest path to wealth rather than holding index funds or something, you know, he has condoned, well, you know, credit like lines of credit yeah. and stuff like that. So go ahead. Absolutely. Kiyosaki is one of the guys where he wants something that will generate an asset that will generate money mm-hmm. to spend on more assets that generate money. Yep. That's um, that's what he's more about. So he's more in the real estate, uh, the, the the markets, the cryptos, the things that actually the assets that, that generate more. So um, Whereas Buffett is, like you said, more the traditional fund, hedge fund kind of guy, play it safe, build it over time. Um, I think Kiyosaki is more of a, and, and you're right, it's not a get rich quick, but it's a get rich quicker mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. type of approach where you're actually generating, um, assets are generating revenue for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, when you and when you hear "get rich quick," I mean, you you typically think of some kind of weird scheme. That that's not really what it is with Kiyosaki. It's just like, what no, tools no, no. can I use? You know, I mean, sure. I, recently he was talking about um, like mortgage rates and and things like that now, and was calling the thirty year mortgage at this point um, with as low as some of the interest rates have gotten, actually the asset instead of the instead of the home. Like just the the fact that you can get those kind of loans for that low of an interest rate percentage because of what it allows you to do and so many other walks of life, you know, I mean, right. well, you can leverage, you can leverage a lot of the equity that you've built um, and, and finance it out and for a small percent and then turn around and put it into an asset that's providing much higher percentage than what the 30 year asset. You know, they say you're stupid to pay your house off at this rate because the rates are so low. Uh, you can park your extra money 
into something else that's going to generate even more. I think it's definitely unwise to to pay your house off early. I mean, that was some of like, you know, if you, we're talking about a lot of old heads here, but if you listen to like the Dave Ramseys of the world and stuff like that, like, of course, they're going to tell you. And and again, let's talk about our audiences here because Dave Ramsey is talking to like dumb, I mean, the dumbest of dumb, like people that have no idea how to handle money, have mountains of credit well, card debt, you know? Yeah. And that's a big difference when you're talking a 20, 30% credit card rate, as opposed to a yeah. one to 2% real estate rate. Um, two totally different things here. Um, mm-hmm. I agree with Ramsey when he says, get out of those situations because you're you're costing yourself more money than um, than you can even make half the time. So, right, yeah, yeah, I do agree with that. Yeah, and that is one of the things with him is like some the bedrock of the advice or the foundation of his advice is good for the average American. I think it stops by the time you get to his investment advice because. All he talks about now, of course, he's, you know, in classical financial markets, but you'll hear him all the time spouting off about these like 15% interest annually mutual funds. And he talks about managed mutual funds and condones managed mutual funds that have like a 2% uh, expense ratio and criticizes people that would rather do indexing and says that people that do that are... Uh, you know, you're worrying about stepping over pennies and stuff. It's like he has no idea what these expense ratios actually do to people. Um, I have a right. problem with that. I feel like he's kind of lying in that sense. But um, yeah, you know, yep. I mean, I it, agree. it's kind of covering up a detail a little bit. But um, I wanted to ask you, though, and, and we're going to get into some of the things that are coming up here because, yeah, we do have some stuff coming up, obviously, with Hex. Um, a lot of other coins as well. There's been some stuff going on with Polkadot and Kusama and that whole um, ecosystem as well with crowd loans and things. But um, I wanted to ask you because we've seen some epic dips recently, like I said, just over this past weekend. You went through the crazy November, December, January of 2017. Um, what... Talk about like the mindset to handle this kind of volatility in a market. You know, I saw somebody tweet. I don't know if it was bullshit or not. I I assume they were telling the truth because everything on Twitter is true. But they were tweeting that um, they, they, I don't even know how this is possible or what could have, I just don't know. But that they lost 90% of their net worth overnight. I don't, I don't know how that happens. But, uh, um, who did? I don't know who it was. It, it was a it was okay. a largely populated account, or maybe it was like uh, some kind of Russian bot stuff going on because it had like tons of likes and comments, um, or maybe it's just so ridiculous and it got retweeted that tons of people were talking on it. But um, it, that's not a realistic thing. First off, I mean that doesn't really happen. But uh, thirty or so over a few days or something could mm-hmm. in this market. So. Talk about like having that, um, we'll call it testicular fortitude, <laughs> um, to right. handle that kind of stuff because, yeah, you see, you do. I mean, you know, you see your net worth drop by so much and everything, and you have to remind yourself in those moments, in my opinion, that it's like, why am I in this? And it's because of the point that we talked about earlier that we believe that this is the future of money and this is the bet and the side of history that I want to be on. You know, it's like the internet. It's, you know, you, you yeah. see these old videos of like Bryant Gumbel not understanding what the at symbol is in an email and this stuff's never going to work and blah, blah, blah. Um, 
you know, you have to remind yourself of that, even if it's like, oh my God, I just lost X thousands of dollars. Talk about your personal um, kind of development when you initially got into the market and just seeing those kinds of swings because they were that was still prevalent even back then four years ago. I mean, we still saw stuff like that. So talk about kind of your first experiences with it and how you've developed and honed being able to handle that over the years here. Well, I can honestly say and admit now that I've made all that money back that I was one of the people who lost quite a bit with uh, BitConnect, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're talking 15 grand overnight, pretty much uh, when that happened. And I was not, you know, in it as heavy as many other people were. Um, now, the the 90% uh, that could have happened if somebody had a long that was over leveraged mm-hmm. because they thought it was going to go up. And when that happens and liquidates, you have to buy that position back um, and then sell to make your money. So it is possible to lose that much if if you're overextended, uh, over leveraged in, in a in a position, in a trading position. Um, I don't really know if that was the case or not. Um, but you know, you have to remember that cryptocurrency is the fastest appreciating asset that we have ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I go back to saying, you know, if you buy and hold over a few years, you're going to be in profit. Um, You know, we're seeing a lot of crazy things happen too. There are hacks all over the place. Um, You know, we have to go back to the security thing. You know, you saw, uh, what was it? Bitmart, I believe. They were just hacked the other day for 200 million. I believe. Wow. Um, and we're talking all kind of coins. Um, there's a list uh, that's out there that, I mean, just coin after coin after coin, you know, they got a bunch of safe moon. They got a bunch of Shiba. They got a bunch of hex. They got a bunch of um, Ethereum. They got, so I, it was a hot account or, you know, a hot wallet on Bitmart. They got hacked and they proceeded to sell everything. Wow. Um, did not help the markets that were already headed down when they market sell like that. Um, CRO, 5 million of those. Shiba, 893 billion of those. That's like five uh, bucks, right? Well, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. <laughs> But um, Saitama, I believe, is another one. Oh. 597 trillion of those. 29 trillion safe moon. 1 trillion baby doge. Uh, <laughs> Floki, I don't know what that is. I I've hear, heard of that. That's another meme coin, I think, yeah. Um, you know, 15 million of those. Uh, I know there were, it was 5 or 8 million hex that market sold too. Um, it happened within a couple hours. The price went from 17 down to 15 cents. I kind of watched it happening. Um, (laughs) so, you know, it goes back to not keeping your coins on exchanges. It goes back to, um, the security and your seed words and things like that. And just protecting yourself. 
that's more what you pay attention to than some of these dips. You will right. make it through if you hold and you don't sell. You know, if you buy tops and sell bottoms, that's the worst thing you can do, uh, obviously. But if you buy dollar cost average in and hold over time, you're you're going to come out ahead. It's just one of those um, mentalities that you have to uh, you have to stick to. You know, I think you just brought up a, a lot of great points right there. Like, yeah, whenever and this this could even apply to like just when we're in a steady bear market. Um, you know, right now there's a lot of vol- volatility and people are freaking out and stuff. But even when you're in kind of a boring bear market, I think everything you just said also is applicable where it's like, OK, what behaviors am I doing to secure my long term plan um, and things like security? Um, you know, maybe staking in the meantime or whatever it may be, earning yield and stuff like that. Um, educating yourself on the projects that you're interested in or new ones, as long as your bags don't get too big and you're over invested in too many things. I think all of that is really, really valuable stuff while we sit and wait for like when price go up, you know? So I think that, that, Mm -hmm. I think that's great advice and really important. And to, to think about those things instead of just sitting there checking your portfolio all day, even though we're all probably going to do that anyway. But something that's <laughs> so crazy with crypto, and like so just like an observation that I'm sure you've probably made before too, is people freak out because of the dips and stuff like that. And like you just said, it the lar- the um, most the, the fastest appreciating asset in history. Okay, but there's no patience. There still isn't any patience, and I, I think it's a chicken and the egg problem. Where like. Okay, you could earn like 8% in the S&P 500 over like a 40-year career and retire and, hey, I've got a nice nest egg and me and the wife can do, you know, some stuff that we want to until we die or whatever. But with this, Mm -hmm. it's like an eight-year plan, you know what I mean, until you could be a minimum multimillionaire. I mean, as long as you're not sure. being really stupid and uh, kind of just doing the little principal things you're talking about, not even necessarily getting into any kind of crazy projects. So why do you think that is? And frankly, I'm guilty of it too. Um, you know, it's like our patience goes out the window, even though we've seen what these things do over time and how quick the time horizon is, because it isn't like, hey, you get a job when you're 21 or whatever, right after you get your degree and, uh, you know, you work for 45 years and then you're good to go. I mean, this is not a 45 year time horizon <laughs> quite, no. quite clearly. Um, so what, what do you think that's about where people get so impatient when really, when you step back and take a look, this is pretty damn epic how quickly you can get something done. Because people do not understand delayed gratification. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the things that Richard Hart preaches to people, um, because of the market and what they are and the cycles, um, he is so heavily invested in the delayed gratification where you put your money in, you stake it. I don't give a shit at what the market does. Is my money staked? I can't get it out, right? Right. Uh, but I know in the long term of a couple of years, once that money is due to come out, I'm going to have massive gains. Um, you know, there's nowhere else in the well, So Hex just had its two-year birthday, right? Yeah. Um, back, you know, before it did have a correction, it hit 
10,000 X. What is that? A million percent? Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, come on, where, where can you do that in two years? Um, and you're right. It's, it's one of those things where people want instant rewards. They will not delay gratification. You know, um, if you can teach yourself to pay your future self um, and, you know, live by your means right now, you're right. It's a eight or 10 year thing where you could be handsomely retired. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's the, I want it now mentality. Um, it, it, I don't know that that's going to change in a long time. Changing that behavior is um, one of the few, but that's what one of the things that Hex has taught me is that delayed gratification. That's why I'm still working, you know, even though I do have a sizable bag and probably could retire. Um, I, I, I'm willing to delay that at least until pulse chain launches and some other things happen where we do see some sizable gains across the board. Right. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. And I think that's, that is a great thing. I guess it just still amazes me just that, you know, when you really step back and look at this market, um, you would think that people would be able to more easily delay the gratification. I mean, I know that no one is able to delay gratification, you know, it's whether it's like, you know, dieting and exercising or whatever it may be, or financial markets and stuff like that. It's just crazy that even in this market, people really are not capable of doing it. And, and again, it might just be because the market's been so crazy. So you just want like price go up, price go up, price go up. But um, let's go ahead and transition, since you were just mentioning it right there, um, into some upcoming stuff with Hex. We've talked about the launch of Pulse Chain for a while now. Um, there was speculation it was going to happen sometime in November. There was speculation it was going to happen on December 2nd, Hex's second birthday. I don't think um, anybody that's really been paying attention believed either of those things. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's not being negative. It's just like kind of unrealistic and it's okay that it's unrealistic um so you've got a lot of updates ewok regarding hex uh let's get into we can just start with that basic conversation of when do you think the snapshot of the coins and followed by the actual launch of pulse chain will happen and uh then we've got pulse swap if it's that's what it's going to be called all these different things so i'll let you kind of just take the reins here We'll, we'll start with those sure. basic questions and then whatever else you want to get into with hacks. Well, yeah. So I do want to start off by saying again that, you know, what was it? Thursday night was Hex's two year birthday. Some amazing parties across the world happened. There was a big meetup in London yep. where Richard Hart was with, with many of the hexagons would have loved to have been there, but, Again, delayed gratification, right? I wasn't about to sell bags to get there. Uh, <laughs> right. I'll wait till wait till next year. See what happens. You know, there was another big meetup in New York City where there were tons of them uh, that all met up, and and all these different locations, uh, live streams, things like that. There's, it's getting exciting. Um, Richard did say that we would probably see Testnet V2 released this week i'm i'm thinking he he's thinking it will be ready to go this week Hmm. uh that basically means the the rotating validator set that they had to kind of that that's the difference between v1 and v2 
of the test net, the, the rotating validators, uh, so that when, the, and I'm not sure how deep we should go into this, but the validators are those uh, that are doing the proof of, of stake rather than proof of work. Right. right. So it is not a, a it is not a mining coin. It is a proof of stake coin. Uh, the validators being those that are performing the staking and the and the computations. So that will be hopefully rolling out this week. Uh, he said probably a few weeks. A few weeks to him is probably a month and a half. I'm thinking of how hard can we bang on it and try and break it um a lot of the front ends are done uh the pulse swap front end is done the um the bridge is done um what else is done several things are are already done pretty much um oh the um allocations for the sacrifice are are pretty much done uh, so if you sacrificed for the pulse chain uh, sacrifice phase, uh, you can log into, I know apphex.win is one of them, where you can go and see approximately how many coins you're probably going to get. Um, so that's done. There's a lot of things that are done. It's just going to be a matter of testing it and, uh, again, trying to break break it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, a few weeks before... The actual launch, we will see pulse swap sacrifice. Um, I don't know that that will be the name. Richard said that he thought he had the domain name <laughs> for pulse swap, and it turns out he didn't. Um, I do think one of the community members has it, to be honest with you. Um, I- I'm sure they'll sell it to him. If, if it comes to that, again, I don't know. I say Pulse Swap, we don't know what the exact name will be for that reason. Um, but again, there will be a sacrifice phase to get the Pulse Swap tokens. So Pulse Swap tokens are going to be very similar to um, your um, Sushi Swap token, your Trader Joe token, your... Um, Pancake swap Pancake token. Swap, yeah, yeah. Um, so, and every one of those, you know, if you look at their rise in value, um, you know, if I, they vary anywhere between what 30 and maybe 30 bucks and eight bucks each. So, you know, we could see some sizable gains there, give you a chance if you've missed out on the pulse swap or on the pulse chain sacrifice. Uh, to to get in at ground level on one of those coins, um, I hear liquid loans will also have a sacrifice. I don't know a whole lot about it, so I will kind of hold back on giving too much information. I don't want to give wrong information, um, so do your own research on that one. Um, I, I don't know what's involved with the the liquid loan sacrifice. I think it will be stablecoin for stablecoin, however, um, because the stablecoin in liquid loans will be what they use to um, uh, leverage the loan. So you're going to put pulse coins in and be able to borrow against your pulse coins without um, 
without losing them. Essentially, you can get a loan for your pulse coin in a stable coin. Um, so there's a lot to that. Read the white paper, see what it's about, listen to some of the videos uh, if you're curious. Um, and then you just pay your pay your loan back at 0%. Kind of an interesting uh, strategy. We'll see how that plays out. It's also a very good price protector if people are able to extract value without selling their coins, right? Yeah. So could be interesting. Um, what else did I have here? Um, yeah, testnet too. We're just waiting. Once that happens, you'll be able to kind of develop a better timeline. Um, and back to kind of what you said, <laughs> Richard has always been kind of cryptic when he puts messages out. That's why someone took his, his birth date and birth time and right. said, Oh, November 18th. And, you know, we knew it wasn't going to be ready. It was just a, yeah. one of those throw it at the wall and see if it sticks kind of thing. Um, again, don't believe anything until you hear it or see it on his Twitter or, or see a, a YouTube video from his uh, registered channel. So, you know, again, we hope, hope another week or so. He always says software is hard. We got to get it right. You know, mm-hmm. one of the, one of the most important things about releasing things like that is you do not want to release a half-assed product. Definitely not. And especially because it's, uh, you know, common across the crypto landscape for that to happen for a half-assed product to to get released. Um, Let me ask you as much as you want to kind of divulge it, Ewok, because I I am curious in this. I know it's kind of like the million-dollar question or whatever, $64,000 question, whatever you would say, um, that people have had about the launch of Pulse Chain. So, you know, at this point, everybody knows um, you have your Ethereum hex, the, what we call hex present day. Um, you'll have a copy of that on the Pulse chain, and that will be the legitimate brand new actual hex. So uh, every mm-hmm. all the coins that you have as e-hex, you will get in p-hex. We don't know what the, the value will be, how quick it will appreciate, yada, yada, yada. Um, but... My my question to you personally is, and maybe you could even answer it for the average person, um, what you would tell them to do. What do you think about uh, actually buying the Pulse token, uh, actually buying Pulse Chain? Like, do you, um, because my impression would be that you could sell your brand new Hex on P-Hex to attain Pulse, or if you had like liquid ehex you could swap that over and purchase it as well well either way you already have the, the copies over there um but mm-hmm. do you think like there's a, a rule of thumb or a good idea in terms of how to approach actually buying pulse when it comes out and what percentage maybe of that in comparison to your overall like hex bag you should do i mean is it something that you feel like may appreciate so much in price that why not just have a little moon bag or I, I don't know. I, I know I'm throwing a lot at you, but I just, I'm curious how you would approach that. Um, I think you're going to see pretty good price appreciation of all of them. Right. It's kind of a coin flip at this point, which one you want to be more invested in. I still stand behind the T-shares. Um, getting those and getting them locked up. I don't think you will generate more of a price appreciation by then having T-shares 
um, on both chains. I, I really don't. Hmm. Now, will there be fantastic gains? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you look at what Ethereum did from the time it you know went from uh, whatever crowd sale was, I think it launched at 15 or 16 cents. And now we're looking at four grand, right? 4,400, I think was the top. Mm-hmm. That's quite uh, <laughs> a nice X to, you know, that's over what, five years, I think, since Ethereum's been out. Yes, yeah, so I think it was 2016. Um, so having a little bit of everything cannot hurt you right uh keep in mind uh, where ethereum is a inflationary token pulse chain is deflationary so at the time of launch that day there will never be that many coins ever again um there is fee burning um and part of the fees that go back into the validator set i think 25 percent of those fees get burned the rest get separated back into the validator rewards. Uh, so, you know, it'll be a constant deflationary coin where that will help the value as well. But, the, the, you know, the fees are going to be very, very cheap. You're not going to need a whole lot of pulse to transact right. uh, just to, to do the transactions. Uh, if you're looking at holding them, though, you know, you're going to be sitting on them for a couple of years if you want some some nice returns. I think at the beginning, it's going to have one of those moments like just about every coin does. It's going to shoot up in price. Uh, first couple of days, it'll probably pull back. We will reach a bottom, and then it will slowly uptick from there. Um, you know, obviously with corrections along the way, but I think... You know, I wouldn't buy in day one or day two. Right. I would let it kind of settle down. Uh, I No financial advice because uh, I, I don't want to see people, you know, wait and then it never go there. Um, but that's my personal opinion of what's going to happen. I think the um, excitement uh, of waiting for it to come out, you're going to see pretty substantial price appreciation right away. And again, to figure that people are still sacrificing for that, um, yeah. you know, they're getting it at like five cents a, a pulse right now. And we were getting them at on day one of the sacrifice phase. We're getting um, 10,000 of them for a dollar. Right. So That's crazy. You know, now, now you're getting 20 for a dollar. Right. Um, pretty, pretty crazy. But you know, then again, those people probably will not sell. So, uh, you know, there weren't as many as the original sacrifice set, uh, but there are going to be a bunch of people that are holding them till at least they get to that point to break even if they've paid attention to what they paid for them. Right. Last last question I have for you as far as kind of the Hex ecosystem. What do you think happens at first, or at least like the first few months, I guess, and maybe even you know, into the, the future with what will be eHex on the Ethereum chain? Like, do you think that, um, do we just kind of see the price go sideways for a while after the Pulse launch, do you think? I mean, because the, the the you know, the the main sticking point of Hex is that people stake it oftentimes for the mm-hmm. 55, 55, 15 years, 10 years, five years, whatever it may be, which maybe lends itself to the price being stable, 
Um, but what do you think we do see initially on the old version of Hex? Does it go to zero? Like I, I know. Uh, no. I, I, I don't really no. think that. I just know people say that all the time. So what do you, what do you no. think could happen? I, I honestly see us reaching parity in a couple months. Wow. I think it'll take. I think it will take a couple months. Uh, but there's a lot of creative and very intelligent hexagons. I think you'll see a, a trading bot trading that EHEX PHEX pair mm -hmm. to where it almost achieves parity and stays there. That would um, be interesting. I think that's that's my opinion of what will happen. Uh, I don't know if one will come down a little bit as the other one goes up. You know, we're going to reach a lot more people with pulse right i mean yeah you have to have a thousand dollars to spend about two hundred dollars in transactions you're getting about an eight hundred dollar value right now if you're buying hex mm -hmm. um it's hard to onboard that 50 to 100 person uh right now because they're not getting any value you're spending it all in transactions and and you get nothing <laughs> right. So we can reach a lot more smaller people. Um, I don't know if you saw recently, but there's some major athletes that are um, kind of popping in and out of the Twitter space. And um, Justice Hill, who's a running back for Baltimore. I did see that. Uh, yeah. He's in there's um, oh, I, I just I drew a blank. There's there's three NFL players. Um, I tweeted about them yesterday uh, that have all joined the space and, and, you know, they're talking to their teammates. Those guys have money. I think EHEX will be just fine. I think the PHEX will garner the, the little guys. And I, I, I really think there'll, there'll be parity between the two. And I think you'll see it kind of rise together. I, I really do. I tell you what, that that would be really interesting if the new hex on Pulse would reach parity with eHex. Assuming that eHex, I mean, as we're recording right now, we're around what fourteen cents still. Yeah, uh, just yeah. about fourteen cents. Um, which you know, it's dipped another few cents over the last couple of days. You know, it's uh, since September has fallen quite a bit, over way over fifty percent. But um. Let I mean, let's just say, even if it, even at the point that it is right now, is there's a lot, there's a lot of reasons to believe that it would spike up in price by the time Pulse launches. Of course, I think a lot of people think that. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, that would be pretty epic for Pulse to reach, say, thirty, forty, fifty cents in a, in a few months. I mean, do you? I mean, you'd have a lot of people sitting on a lot of money pretty quickly at that point, would you not? I mean, that would be pretty insane. Yeah, yeah you would. Um, I, you want a moon boy prediction from me? Sure. I still think we're <laughs> going to hit a dollar by the end of the year. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, I mean, I'm not. Gonna... I, I really, I really do. After you're getting some whales that have been selling your hit hacks. There was a, you know, I don't know if you heard about the. Uh, Hex19, I believe, was the Twitter handle of the gentleman that got hacked for over $100 million. Hmm. No. Um, There was a... Well, I don't want to kind of say how it happened, but somebody hacked his cell phone where he had a digital image of his seed words. Um, they Basically, they pulled a SIM swap. 
uh, uh, gained yeah. access to his his phone, um, put his he found his seed words in a picture, um, and emptied his wallet for him of over a hundred million hex. Um, so that has played a part in it. The Bitmart hack has played a part in it. Um, we've seen over 125 million hex be sold um, in the last three months. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> when people say you can't sell it, well, you can. Um, but when you market sell like this, that's what happens. Now, there's good in all that bad because those people don't have it anymore. Um, it's a distribution to hopefully what are a lot stronger hands. Mm -hmm. um, that that last million, I think, from the Bitmart hack was just sold. All these big wallets that have been selling, I think, are just about out. Um, so that being said, I, I think we've kind of hit a bottom. Um, yeah. These there's nothing left to sell. There's nothing left to market sell. So we can uh, hope for positive price pressure from here on out. I mean, you're looking at, uh, I was looking at Staker app earlier today and um, it was in the last 24 hours here. Let me pull it up real quick because it's kind of important to note um, the statistics you had um, 297 cells for 7.96 million, but you had 1,130 purchases. Okay. So that's a huge breakdown of large wallets going into smaller wallets, mm -hmm. um, which means those people hopefully won't have as big of a bag. They'll hold it longer to see better gains. Um, and, and again, it's a redistribution of, of wealth, hopefully. Um, and into some stronger hands. You know, there's a lot of big wallets that just finished selling off because they had Bitcoin claims. It was free. Mm -hmm. They didn't pay anything. So, yeah, they've profited insanely because they didn't put anything in. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had two year uh, from the time it launched, two year stakes um, of their free hex that all that just came out. So, yeah. you know. Good things. And again, I do see parity happening rather quickly. Um, I, I think there's going to be some bots created to ensure that. Um, and, and it's a good place for people. Don't forget, you know, it's one of the few times where you can put up both sides of liquidity and not get hurt with, um, you know, the slippage or not the slippage. That's not what I'm, I'm looking for. The impermanent loss. Right. Uh, you know, and we've talked about that in the past when you have to provide both liquidity pairs um, on both sides, you're probably going to lose value on one side or the other. But if we reach parity and it stays with with bots, um, could be an amazing opportunity because you're getting half of your liquidity for free. Yeah, right. <laughs> so consider that, you know, you're going to have whatever liquid hex you have on the ethereum chain you're going to get a copy of your liquid p hex and all you do is take that supply liquidity and guess what you're making fees on all the trading that's going in and out between those two on the bridge um could be a nice little way to just generate some income yeah without definitely. losing value 
So, yeah, it's uh, a lot of exciting stuff to come. I mean, it's been a uh, bloodbath of a weekend overall in crypto. But um, you know, assuming you're somebody that holds some of these, you know, blue chips, um, you know, the bitcoins, the Ethereum's, Solana, Polkadot, um, Hex, you know, some of the stuff up top there. I mean, it's we got a lot of exciting things coming. So, you know, it's uh, it's been rough recently, but I, I still think the market is going to be headed in a good direction as we turn the page to 2022. Let me ask you this final question on Pulse. Give me sooner or later or on this date for the launch of Pulse, Valentine's Day, 2022. What do you think? Um. I think that's pretty close. Yeah. I think that is very close. Um, Get it? Pulse, you know, Richard Hart. Hart. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. I'm the first person that thought of this, uh, I think. Yeah. No, I, I was thinking about it the other day. Somebody had posted something on Twitter. Wouldn't it be an interesting Valentine's Day from Mr. Hart to launch his Pulse chain? Uh, yeah. Very yeah. fitting. I, I think that's realistic. I'm hoping it's a little before that. Yeah. Um, I, I really think he wants to get this to market um, in January. I, I don't, it's not going to happen this month. You know, we're going to again, have to run uh, test, you know, test net version two for several weeks. Um, and, and again, try to break it. And if it does break, then, you know, I see a delay. Right. Um, yeah. Got, got some really good developers on it. I don't know that we'll see many problems, if any. Um, we just kind of have to wait and see. But, yeah, I think Valentine's Day, I think we should be running by then on, on Pulse Chain. So I it, really do. It, re- it really sounds like from what you're saying then, after Testnet 2, like, let's say things go swimmingly there. Um, you think mm-hmm. we'll probably get some accelerated news after that then? Like if, if test, I do. Too. Yeah, I do. Yep. I do. Cause they're going to be, um, you know, a lot of the validators that are set up to be actual validators are going to be able to use the test net V2, um, to see what's happening, um, and, and interact with the contract, things like that there will actually be a somewhat semi-live scenario. Awesome. Well, there's yep. a lot a lot to come as we wind yeah. down the end of 2021. It's been a heck of a year, obviously, for crypto. We'll see if the bull market does continue into 2022, but a lot of exciting stuff. We were away for three or four weeks, but uh, I think uh, it was maybe necessary because we had a lot of chopping in the market and we had a lot to talk about today. So um, any final thoughts from you, Ewok, on uh, the look of the market upcoming or anything? Well, yeah, um, this this pulse chain, I, I just I can't you know stress it enough. Even if you're not a Richard Hart fan, a, a Hex fan, a Pulse fan, whatever, you're going to have a copy of your ERC twenties. <laughs> yeah, um, already there for you um, with the fees with Ethereum the way it is right now it's become unusable for so many people. I hope these developers take advantage of it um, and use what's being handed to them essentially uh, for free. And, and let's just, you know, see a lot of interesting and fun things happen because of it. 
I think it could be, I think it could be great for everybody. It takes a load off of Ethereum. It makes that chain usable again. Yeah. It gives people a chance to develop on a, a ground level um, space with zero fees, essentially, you know, pennies um, and, and can reuse their, their, their projects again, you know, mm-hmm. even though I don't like the NFT space, <clears throat> excuse me, it's a, it's a great solution rather than paying three, $400 to, to send a NFT to somebody. Uh, wouldn't you rather pay pennies? You're going to have a copy of it. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah. So. Well, let's hope the NFT gods don't come down on you for that comment there. But anyway, um, this has been a great uh, episode, Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> Looking forward to doing this again soon. I guess we'll see. Uh, just got to have some kind of movement, some development here, I think, throughout December. I don't know. We could just kind of maybe hang out here for a little while. We'll see. But we've got a lot of stuff coming as we head into the new year. Um, this has been the Creative Crypto Podcast. You can follow us again on Twitter at Creative Crypto. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We very much appreciate it. And we'll catch you next time on the Creed of Crypto Podcast. <laughs>